The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Intentional Living with host Kristen Swarczyk. Our program is all about living the life you have always dreamed possible through focused acts of intention. Now, here is your host, Kristen Swarczyk. Hi, everyone. It's Kristen Swarczyk, and welcome to my second episode of Intentional Living. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on the hero's journey to enlightenment. I know I shared with you a lot of heavy information, and I apologize because we didn't even have time for any questions because I had to introduce who I was, but it was a really great show, and thank you for joining me, and uh, thank you for coming back this week. Just to recap who I am, I'm a transformational catalyst. I'm dedicated to helping my clients uncover what they really, who they really are, what they desire in their life, and how to align on purpose through acts of intention. So, I'm really excited today to welcome my friend Steve McClatchy. He is a keynote speaker. He is a workshop leader and author of the New York Times bestseller, Decide, Work Smarter, Reduce Your Stress, and Lead by Example. Steve, welcome to our show. Good morning, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Steve's such a great, great speaker. I didn't even have to have my coffee this morning because every time I attend one of his workshops, he gets me so energized. And and for any listeners out there who have attended and know Steve, you know how much fun they are, um, in addition to being chock-filled with all sorts of practical tips. So, Steve, I'm so thrilled to have you joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited to be on your show. It's, It's nice to spend this time with you. Thank you. So we're going to just jump in because I'm hoping at the end of today's show that we will have some time to do some questions. So if any of you have read yeah, that'd the book, be great. okay. If any of you have read the book, decide this will be great um, focused content that we can uh, share some more details around some of his key topics. But Steve will share with you uh, where you can access his book, and I really highly recommend it because it has so many practical tips for business and and just life in general. And you share, Steve, in your book uh, that there's two forms of human motivation. Can you share what they are and why they are significant when we're making decisions? Yeah, uh, really, behind every decision we make, we're driven by one of two things, and it's to move towards gain or to prevent pain. So to move towards the benefits or what we desire, what we want, we're on offense, we're on the attack, or Mm -hmm. we're motivated to prevent the pain of the consequences we'll face if we don't do the task. So 
for example, taking out the trash. Nobody wants to take out the trash, right? But we all take out the trash. So what's the why? Why are we taking out? What's our motivation driving us to take out the trash? Well, we don't want to face the consequences of not doing it, right? The smell in our garage, the animals trying to get in, the space it takes up in the garage. We don't want the consequences. So what's driving us the entire time we're doing it is we're trying to prevent those consequences. Now, sometimes a task or an activity could be driven by both motivations, right? I could Mm -hmm. be hungry and I would like to enjoy it. All right, so when we're on offense, so gain tasks are things like learning a new musical instrument, learning a language, getting a degree or an advanced degree, running a marathon, writing a book, these things that we want to accomplish and what we're, our motivation is to gain the benefits, the outcomes, the results from the activity. So behind every decision, Kristen, we're either driven by gain or we're driven by prevent the pain of the consequences, and they produce significantly greater results in our lives. These two categories do not produce the same results. And that was the big insight that really drove me to write decide. The gain tasks, when you think about getting a degree or writing mm-hmm. a book, when you're 100 years old looking back in your life, you'll remember that you wrote a book. But will you remember taking out the trash, doing the laundry, and paying the bills? So when I realized how significant the difference was, I realized how do we get to the gain tasks each and every day. How do we balance our life with the gain tasks? So let's go through the attributes of a, uh, of a prevent pain task just real quick so we know what, what we mean when we say a prevent pain task because the trash falls into that category, but there's lots of tasks in our lives that fall into that category. So we have um, a task that repeats. It typically has a deadline. It repeats over and over again. There's consequences you face if you don't do it. And if you don't do it, eventually at some point, the task would find you. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So true. So think about all the things in life. that it, I mean, if you have a lawn, right, and you don't cut it, how long before somebody would comment that you didn't cut your lawn? Like, what tasks in life find you? Mm-hmm. And then there's the tasks we go find. So let's talk about, let, let's say, writing a book. It's, it's not urgent today. As a matter of fact, you could probably go through your whole life and not write a book. If you did, look at the results it would produce for you throughout your life. And you can't delegate it to somebody else. So if it's a 100% gain-motivated task and not a mix of the two, mm-hmm. then you can't delegate it. Right. And we'll talk about delegation a little bit, but you can't delegate the task. And then the, the, the final result would be, I believe if you wrote the book, I believe that when we do the gain tasks, we, we get that feeling that we all call balance. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. Great, great examples there, Steve. That's helpful. And, and speaking of balance, work-life balance is such a hot topic right now. I feel like every time I turn around, I'm reading something about burnout how can our listeners stay balanced and avoid getting burned out? And it really is everywhere. I mean, it's in Fortune and Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur. And I mean, everywhere you turn to the Harvard Business Review, just did an entire issue on the topic of work-life balance. And I think we're very confused by this topic and we're off the mark. I mean, I did not agree with anything that was written on this topic. You'll read that it's about how much time you spend working each day versus mm-hmm. not working. Right? right, And right. balance between those two things. And I don't think getting that right gives us the feeling that we all desire that we call balance. So you, you'll read that it's about how many hours a day you're connected to technology versus disconnected from technology. You'll read that it's about how much sleep you get, how much water you drink, about how, much, how many meals 
you eat with your family each week. I think there's so much confusion around this topic. I experienced the feeling of balance in my life at a time when my life was completely out of balance. And I think I discovered through the process what actions, decisions, and behaviors create the real feeling that we reference as balance. So I had I had Fast Company ask me to write an article for their, for their magazine. And when I finished the article, I thought of the chapter of the book that pertained to the topic. So I ended up staying up all night long, and I wrote the whole chapter of the book. Well, the next day, I had a full eight-hour workshop I had to deliver. All right, mm-hmm. So that next day, I caffeined up. And then when I got home, I wanted to crash, and I couldn't crash. My wife and I have four kids. So we, we have dinner, dishes, bath time, homework, the whole nighttime routine. So it's about 9.30, and I'm falling asleep. Now, my life is completely out of balance right now from every measurement. I mean, my mm-hmm. eye was twitching all by itself. <laughs> I could feel my heartbeat in my thumb. Like, your body goes crazy. But I was falling asleep having a chapter of the book written, and I felt fantastic. And I was so confused because I had this feeling of balance, but my life was completely out of balance. And the confusing part of this story is I stayed up all night. That's what threw me off. After some distance from this, I realized it doesn't matter where they stay up all night. It doesn't matter where you do this at 9 a.m., 12 noon, or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What happened that night that created what I think we all reference as the feeling of balance? I took my life that night from where it was stuck, and I moved it towards a goal I had, which is to write a book. And as I moved my life towards that goal, my life got better. And then I started to get excited that my life was getting better. And I think that feeling of excitement, that your life is getting better than it was, is very specifically the feeling that we call balance. I mean, think about what someone's saying to you when they say they have a goal. Someone says to you, hey, Kristen, I have a goal. And they Mm -hmm. say, I think this is what they just said. I just thought of something that if I were to experience it or achieve it, it would make my life what? Better. Better. And that's the hope. And if the goal really does make your life better, and some goals don't make your life better, unfortunately, right. the goal right. that's true. really does make your life better, you would get excited. You wouldn't have to fake it. It would be natural. You would get excited. And I think that feeling of excitement is the feeling we call balance. And what are we balancing it against? What is that feeling? We're balancing it against the maintenance items that mm-hmm. don't get us excited, the tasks that repeat every day. See, when today looks exactly like yesterday, when every aspect of today looks like like yesterday, right? And we have lots of expressions that represent that, right? Same right. old, same old, working hard, hardly working, another day, another dollar. You hear all the expressions, yeah. right? Hamster wheel, the treadmill, groundhog day. I just said to somebody recently, I said, hey, how's it going? He said, living the dream. And I thought, there's another <laughs> one. It just means that we have too much maintenance in our lives, too many tasks that are repeating, they have urgency, they have deadlines, and what we're doing each day by doing them is preventing the consequences we'd face if we didn't do them. And too much of that creates the feeling that I think we all reference as burnout. I mean, have you ever used that word burnout at some point in your personal or your professional life? Yeah. I mean, I have. And when I, what are we expressing about our lives when we use that word? I think this is what we're saying. You know, I've been working really hard for the past year or two, but nothing seems to be getting any better. Right. And I'm kind of getting burned out with my life just staying in the same place. So if this is true, Kristen, the, the real feeling of balance is, is when we balance the maintenance of our lives with the improvement of our lives. And if this is true, balance to each and every person is different. It is, right. What would get your life so excited you'd say, hey, I have some great news. That's going to be different for every person. I just recently was working with a client, and I asked them one thing they wanted to do in life that they haven't done yet, 
And she instantly said, she said, well, I'm in the process of saving money uh, to pay for my mother to get an eye surgery that she needs. And I was like, wow. wow. I mean, how yeah. specific is that to that person? Now, if she saves up the money and the eye surgery has to work, right? Mm-hmm. If it actually fixes her mother's problem, then she would have the feeling that we call balance. Does that make sense? It does. Perfect sense. And, you know, we were talking about this last week on the journey to enlightenment. What you're really seeking is fulfillment in your life, you know, and this really ties in nicely with what you're defining as balance. Yeah, that's that's fulfillment is when your life gets exciting because you're excited. It's going in the direction you want it to go. And I think burnout is when our life is not going in the direction we want it to go. So balance is really about maintenance and improvement. I believe that's the real feeling. So no organization can ever offer this to you. No. I mean, you hear companies promote best places to work for work-life balance. Right, there is right. one person responsible for the feeling of balance, and it's you. And yeah. it's not easy, but it's, it's worth all the effort and all the intentional decisions you make to move your life forward. Because without intention, without a purposeful decision to move it in the direction you want it to go, it won't go there. The things that find you are not going to take you in the direction you want to go. Mm-mm. The things that find you are you helping other people achieve their mission. Right. But the decisions you make are about you helping yourself move in the direction you want to go. So that, that reactive maintenance mindset of survival doesn't help us to move in the direction we want, but we can override that instinct and make those decisions. And I think that's what creates the feeling of balance, when we make those decisions and we get excited. I say to people all the time, what, what do you have coming up in your life that's got you excited? Whether mm-hmm. you're excited before it or whether you're going to be excited after it. What, is, what do you have on the excitement horizon in your life? And that will determine whether you have the feeling of balance. Yeah. So it sounds like working on goals and improvement creates that feeling of balance. What would you say, Steve, is the key to staying balanced throughout your entire career, if you could answer that question? Yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, each and every day you have to fight this battle and the instincts of of survival drive us to the prevent. See, prevent pain tasks represent survival in your life. They, to your brain, your, your brain prioritizes them as survival tasks. Well, think about it. Your, your brain says, well, let's just get to all the survival tasks first. Mm-hmm. And then if there's any extra time, we'll do some things we want to do. Right? You've okay. been told that message right, your whole life. Right? As kids growing up, we're told, right, do your homework and do your chores, and then you can what? Watch TV. Right? Anything you want. Watch TV, play, you know, join a sports team. Now you can do whatever you want. But that works for a kid. Why? Because kids have a finite number of have-tos. And Mm -hmm. there there is enough time to do their have-tos and then do the want-tos. But as an adult, fully responsible for your whole life, that's not an achievable approach. See, the maintenance tasks repeat. So think about how one creates another. You get up and you go through your morning routine every day. And then you eat something. And now you have mm-hmm. to clean it up. And now you have to go buy food to replace the food you're cleaning up. And now you need to get a job to pay for the food, to buy the food, to replace the food you're cleaning up. Like, right. It's never going yes. to end. You're wearing clothes today, so you have laundry to do. Anything you open up, you now have trash in your life. When you drive a car, every mile you drive, you're going to need gas again. The, these are, are activities that you don't complete. They repeat. So the yes. mindset of let me get everything done that I have to get done, and then I'll do the, the, the game stuff, you know, the, the stuff I want to do is not an achievable approach. So 
And anybody that falls into that trap, Kristen, for a decade, right? From the age mm-hmm. of 30 to the age of 40, nothing in a person's life but have tos. And what do we call what happens at 40? Midlife crisis. Right? <laughs> midlife crisis, right? And what, what pattern of decision making would create a crisis in somebody's life? Think about it. Yeah, it's that exact just pattern. Prevent you know pain, what? yeah. Uh, let me get everything done that I have to do, and then we'll do the want-tos. And a decade passes, and there's nothing in their life that they want to, and they reach 40, and what do they do? They run out and do some things they've wanted to do. And we call yeah. it a midlife crisis. But we don't have to wait that long. There is a way to stay balanced throughout our career. So let's put it right in the middle. When you think of the – when I say put it in the middle, put a game task right in the middle. When you look at the excitement that you experience before you go on a vacation, right, mm-hmm. th- that week before, it just seems easier to get your have-tos done. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. So that, where's that energy coming from? Um, so next week is Bermuda, it's Disney, you're, it's a trip, it's a vacation, you're excited about it. Well, now there's anticipation of that event. And now all the have-tos are easier. Why? Because when want-tos are nearby in your life, have-tos are easier. Wait, let me say right. that again. When want-tos are nearby, have-tos are easier. Mm-hmm. If that's true, why would we wait so long to put the want-tos nearby? If we wait that long, the have-tos get longer, they get harder, we put drama into them, they, they expand in the amount of time they take. What keeps our prevent pain tasks from taking too long is gain, is the things we want. Because it's, it's funny, what, why, why is it so difficult to do both each day? Why don't we just do the have-tos and then do the want-tos each day? Well, switching between the two is very difficult. The mm-hmm. emotions associated with prevent pain and gain, it's kind of like how long it takes for us to get on vacation. And then yeah. when we finally get into vacation mode and we let go of all the have-tos at home, then it's difficult to come off vacation and get back into it. Yeah. That switching is very difficult. So whichever one your brain picks first each day, you're going to have okay. a very difficult time getting out of that train of thought. So here's the key question. Which one does your brain pick first each day, a prevent pain or a gain task? You would think it would be gain, but it's prevent pain because, remember, your brain says survive first. Right. We couldn't just, for millions of years, we couldn't run after an apple on an apple tree in the middle of a field. I mean, do you know how many things prey on the things that go after the apple? We had to make sure we were safe before we went after the apple. It was safety first. Right. Right. How many times have you heard that? Safety first, then we'll enjoy. Well, safety now, and the the older you get, the more you have to lose. So the Mm -hmm. more safety is difficult. So protecting what you have versus going after what you want is this daily struggle. And switching between those two modes of thought is difficult. But when we put something right in the middle, see, if there's only two forms of human motivation, gain and prevent pain, and the two emotions that go with them are desire and fear, we Mm -hmm. use those emotions to help us get stuff done. And prevent pain tasks release the energy source of adrenaline. So as we get closer to the prevent pain task, the deadline, we start to think of the consequences we're about to face. Right. Those consequences create fear, and fear releases adrenaline, and adrenaline contains painkillers, and mm-hmm. that's where all the energy comes from to do a prevent pain test. So wait a minute, this is a brilliant strategy the brain has for doing things it doesn't like to do. It procrastinates the task. But yeah. for gain tasks, you can't use that pattern of thinking. Because gain tasks, learning the piano does not have a deadline, and there's no consequences that will scare you. Right, So right. how do you get to those tasks when they're all benefits? And how do you blend these two things together, the calendar? 
See, when you're in prevent pain mode, you're typically working from a to-do list. Right. There's two things we consult that help us make decisions, a to-do list and a calendar. Mm-hmm. And as, we, as we're going through our day and we hang up the phone, and we're going to decide what we do next. Think about what you consult. You hang up the phone. You're going to decide what you do next. You right. typically look at your calendar to see what you have coming up that's scheduled. Yeah. And you look at your to-do list to see what you're going to do in between those appointments. So exactly. outside of your brain yeah. just making the decision, hey, you know what I'm going to do right now? We consult a calendar and a to-do list. And we treat things that we put on the calendar significantly different than the way we treat things on a to-do list. And when I realized this, I realized the whole key to keeping balance throughout our lifetime, which is using the calendar to get us out of prevent pain thinking, to schedule it, to defend it when it comes under attack, and then we're going to fall behind on maintenance because of it. Exactly. And that's the key to balance. The, the, the key formula for creating balance in your life is you schedule what's going to get you excited. You schedule improvement in your life. You schedule the tasks that you desire. Then they're going to come under attack from maintenance, and you're going to defend them. So I'm going to write the book from 9 to noon on Saturday. I schedule mm-hmm. it, then I defend it all week, and then while I'm working on it from 9 till noon, I'm going to fall behind on maintenance. And, and then, but how much easier is the prevent pain task to catch up on when you have the accomplishment in your life of writing the book? How much easier is all your maintenance tasks after you go to the gym? Exactly. See, there's a and different Steve- chemical you're putting in your body, and it's endorphins. Yeah, and, and let's, yeah. Let's, um, let's come back and talk more about that because I have our first break we have to take. But this is, this is the key. This is one of the things that I picked up from you that's made the most difference in my life. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Great. Fantastic. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Intentional Living with host Kristen Swarczyk. To reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to kristen.swarczyk at gmail.com now back to intentional living 
Welcome back, everyone. I was sorry to cut off Steve. We were talking about such a great topic of putting things on your calendar. And I know for myself, I have to put going to the gym and all the things that I want to do. I'm writing a book as well on my calendar because I need to make it accountable. And, um, you know, it's so often we hold ourselves accountable to other people. But when it comes to holding ourselves accountable to ourselves, the calendar is definitely the key for helping me do that. So, Steve, I don't know if there's any more you want to share on that before we move on. It really is a key in our decision-making to, to break a train of thought, right? So when we place the things on the calendar, mm-hmm. we, we treat them with a different priority. Kristen, if I were to say to you, hey, let, let's get together on Monday, what's the mm-hmm. first thing you would check? My calendar. You wouldn't check your to-do list. I know that doesn't sound like a big difference, but it's a huge difference. You're going to check something before you make a decision. Think of that pattern throughout your lifetime. Well, let me check something before I decide. Let me check something before I decide. You're going to check before. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're about to check is going to significantly influence that decision. See, a to-do list, you add to it after you make a decision. If I was sharing with you this great article I just read and you said, hey, Steve, can you send that over to me when you get a chance? I'd love to read it. And I say, yeah, yeah, I'll send it right over. I just made a decision. I didn't check anything. Mm-hmm. I then, if I can't do it right now, I might add it to my to-do list, send article to Kristen. But for a calendar item, you treat it, look at the way you would treat it. If someone said to you, and let's say something this somebody you wanted to get together with. Let's get together Monday. You might have a conversation that sounds like this. Oh, let me quick check my Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Oh, I can't do Monday. Ah, that's not a good day for me. I could do Tuesday. I could do Wednesday, or I could do the following Monday. Any of those look good for you? Now, look at what you just did in that simple conversation. The first thing you did is you had, you scheduled gain. There's a three-step process to keeping gain and balance in your life. And the first step is you schedule it. Then it came under attack. So somebody else wanted that same time. Now, here's the key. Your gain tasks will always come under attack. Why? Because there's always a prevent pain task to do. There is never a time in your life where there's not a prevent pain task to do. Right? We're yeah. never caught up in every... Right? The trash has to be taken out, the laundry has to the bills have to be paid, right? the, the, the car needs gas. If there's ever a moment in your life where you're absolutely caught up on everything, just wait five minutes and you'll get hungry, you'll get thirsty, and you'll have to go to the right. like, There's never yeah, unfortunately. a when, when prevent pain tasks are... So if that's true, then there is no time for goals and improvement. Wait, let me say that again. If there is always a maintenance item to do, and there have tos, and we have to do them in life, and there's always one to do, then there would be technically no time in life for goals and improvement. Mm -hmm. But we've all achieved goals, and we've all improved our lives. How do we do it? We make time. You ever heard that expression, make time? It drives me crazy. There's 24 hours in a day, no matter who you are. Nobody Mm -hmm. gets 25 hours, but we use that (laughs) expression all the time. We have to make time. Well, what are, we sh- what are we expressing about our lives when we use that term? Here's, the, here's what we're, we're expressing. It's time to schedule it. It's time to defend it. And it's time to fall behind on maintenance because of it. Mm-hmm. See, if there's always a maintenance item to do, we're going to have to play catch up with maintenance over it because of it. But mm-hmm. how much easier is the maintenance to, to follow up on when, when you have the accomplishment in your life? Right? Exactly. After the gym, yeah. everything's easier. After you write the chapter, everything's easier. After you lose five pounds, everything's easier. See, getting started with goals and creating the momentum of endorphins in your life, you experience endorphins when you feel a sense of accomplishment. So mm-hmm. the problem with the gym is there's nothing to get you there, right? You have to use willpower, discipline, motivation to get you there. But then on the way back, 
you feel fantastic. Well, how useless is that? Energy yeah. after you do the task. I don't need... I don't need energy after I go. Right, to right. That would have been me. helpful before. Yeah, that would have been helpful before we did it. Right. I need energy to help me write the book, not energy after I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. So when we, we have the endorphins in our body, now here's the thing. When you feel a sense of accomplishment, the endorphins rush in, right? Mm-hmm. So when we make those decisions, when we're, we're creating a to-do list and checking stuff off, right? So sometimes yeah. we even create a to-do list. Right, go to check something off. off. It's not there. (laughs) Have you ever done that and added it to the list? Exactly. Okay, that's endorphins. The reason we do that is endorphins. Endorphins give us a sense of accomplishment. So now we feel great. Now it's easier to do all the maintenance items in our lives. But your Mm -hmm. brain fights. It fights to do the maintenance. When you have a piano lesson, your brain tries to get out of it and says, why are we doing a piano lesson today? Wouldn't it be nicer if we just paid the bills, took out the laundry, did all the time? Wouldn't it be nicer to get all the maintenance items out of your life and then you can enjoy your piano lesson? Exactly. Your your brain will pit these two things against each other. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, you'll end up not doing the the gain test because prevent pain tests will never end. So the thing that breaks us out of that train of thought is the calendar. The calendar, the calendar, the calendar. When we we look at our calendar, it stops us in our tracks. We have an appointment. We shift gears, and we work on it. So the key to, to creating the feeling of balance, to creating gain tasks, to going to the gym, to accomplishing the things that we want and desire in life is the calendar. We schedule it, we defend it, and we make a conscious decision to fall behind on maintenance while we do it, but the maintenance is easier to catch up on after we have accomplished what we've wanted to accomplish. So the question isn't, is there time for gain? The question is, how far, how far behind on maintenance are you willing to fall to have gain in your life? Right, and that's right. the key to success with it. Yeah, yeah, great point, Steve. Well, that leads me to thinking a lot about procrastination. And I know you just had an interview yesterday with CBS on this topic. I am so curious because in your book, you say that procrastination has benefits. So can you elaborate that a little bit more for our listeners on the benefits of procrastination? Certainly. We wouldn't do it, right? Unless Mm -hmm. there were benefits. We wouldn't continue to repeat an activity over and over again if there weren't benefits to it, right? So the first benefit of procrastination is what we've been talking about, is energy before you do the task. So as you approach the deadline, the fear releases adrenaline, and the adrenaline contains the painkillers, right? So Mm -hmm. energy before you do it. But there's some additional benefits to procrastination. And the second benefit, well, typically we procrastinate tasks we don't like, right? Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, we're not good at it. It's hard. It's, it's, we're not talented. It, for some reason, we don't like it. So that's the first ingredient in procrastination, right? It's a task yeah. you don't like. Otherwise, you wouldn't be waiting. So you don't like it. Now, as we approach the deadline, so the second ingredient is it has a deadline. That now that it has a deadline and we approach it, we get scared, and then that energy rushes in to help us to do it. The second benefit is you stay focused on the task while you're doing it. So if your phone rings at the last minute, Right? You don't take the call. You don't mm-hmm. allow yourself to be interrupted. And wh- why is this a benefit? It keeps the task in your life for less time. Right, Remember, right. You don't like it. So if you've crunched it and then you won't be distracted, it'll be in a part of your day for less time. And if you're a perfectionist, I know this isn't going to sound like a benefit, but it is. If you're a perfectionist, you love procrastination. Why? Yeah. Because it, you can blame the quality of what you produce on the deadline instead of your ability. Exactly, so yeah. Say, oh, yeah, I've I done had that. more time, right? I could have done mm-hmm. so much better. 
But uh, given the deadline, this is the best I have. Think about it. You don't have to take full responsibility for the, the outcome, for the quality when you procrastinate, because now it's the deadline that drove the quality of the work, not really your ability. With more time, you could have done better. Right, so right. these are the benefits that we go to. Energy before you do it, we stay focused, and we don't have to take full responsibility for what we produce. Yeah, makes sense. It really does. Now, there are some downsides to procrastination, mm-hmm. which is where it gets a bad name. But my goodness, there are benefits to it, and we keep hearing it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, but we go to it over and over again because of the benefits. So let's talk about the downsides and where it really can get us into trouble. I don't want okay. to promote that it's this great thing to do. Um, the, the, downs, the first downside of procrastination is the task has trapped you. When you wait to the last minute, you've lost your choice to do mm-hmm. what you would like to do next. So if another priority in your life pops up that really needs your attention, you can't tend to it. And this can trigger anger, resentment, frustration. Second downside of procrastination is it won't allow you to do your best work. Now, if we're yeah, talking about a maintenance task, right, like taking out the trash, doing the laundry, or paying the bills, well, these are tasks that you can do. You do them all the time. You've done them mm-hmm. so many times. You can actually think about something else while you're doing them. That's the kind of quality that's involved. You don't even have to think about it. I mean, have you ever driven somewhere, arrived, and thought to yourself, how did I get here? Yes, yes. You, scary, you were, isn't it? You didn't have to. You didn't, weren't conscious almost the entire time. You could think about something else while you were doing it. Well, maintenance tasks eventually become that. We do mm-hmm. them so many times, we don't have to think about them. So there's no quality in taking out the trash, right? But let's say it's a big proposal. I mean the biggest one of the year, a big project, a big presentation. You've never done this before. Well, now procrastination is your enemy. Why? Because pressure, it, pr- procrastination creates pressure. And mm-hmm. if there's pressure on a maintenance item, no big deal. If there's pressure on a task you've never done before, pressure and quality don't like each other. Right. When, pre- sure. when pressure goes up, the quality goes down. It's why coaches always call a timeout before the big play, to mm-hmm. hope it will influence, it will increase the pressure right, of the way that that, that athlete is going to perform. The yeah. more pressure we can create, the more we hope that that person chokes under the pressure. So pressure and quality don't like each other, but again, with maintenance items, right, there's no quality needed. But let's say it's the first time you've ever done it. I just uh, did an industry conference as a keynote speaker, and, and the person who spoke before me, they had a presentation, and you could tell they had they had run out of time. They had procrastinated. They did not. The slides weren't in the right order. They really oh, wow. embarrassed themselves. Their message was not um, clear. And I just felt bad because yeah. it's the first time they had ever done it. They didn't leave enough time to do their best work. And that's when we can really get into trouble. So yeah. procrastination is okay if it's a maintenance item. And when I say okay, I mean, you do have to look at the health influences of procrastination, the stress in your life, the chronic stress that can happen because of procrastination. I mean, you have to consider all those things. But Kristen, there's things I procrastinate. And I've procrastinated them for years. I don't like them. And I like the energy that comes from procrastination to do them. Like packing for a trip, I mm-hmm. can't, I do not like that activity. Now, people say, why? That's not a big deal. I'm like, I don't know. We all have things we don't like. And I don't like it. <laughs> it's for, right. I, I no, I don't leave. like it either. I have to do I it right before as I'm walking out yeah. the door. So I just wait. I wait for the, the flight, the, the, my missing the plane to get me scared, yeah. to get me to, to pack. And have I, lost, have I forgotten a toothbrush over the past 25 years? Maybe. But I'm willing <laughs> to put up the downsides because the benefit of the energy is so great. 
Right, so they're, they're, right. if it's a maintenance item, what's the big deal? The problem is when we start to procrastinate the high-quality tasks, the things that we really want to put our best foot forward, the things that make us look good, the things that are going to last a lot longer than just a maintenance item, those tasks and activities, that's when we really make a bad decision when we procrastinate. Right. So you're saying these are the tasks that we should never procrastinate. Well, there, there's the, when, you, when you procrastinate them, you're, you're the quality is going to be influenced by that pressure. And if that's okay with you and you're making a conscious decision, then I say okay. But okay. If it's, if it's a task where you really want to do your best work. See, in order to procrastinate, you have to know how long the task is going to take because you don't know when to start, right? So you have to say, this is going to take me an hour. And if you've mm-hmm. done it before, you know how long it takes you. But let's say you've never done it before. You don't know if this is going to take three hours to do great work or five. If you procrastinate till three hours before and you need five, you're going to fall, you're going to, you're, you're going to fall short. Right. So what right. I okay. recommend that people do with tasks that are high quality and you've never done them before is schedule the amount of time you think you're going to need. In other words, how long, if you were going to procrastinate, how long would you wait before you got to it? And then schedule that time. So instead of it's due Thursday and I'm going to do it the three hours before it's due, I'm going to pretend it's due Tuesday. Have you ever done that? Have you ever created a fake deadline yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah, it helps. It's okay. like putting, it, it you know, making your clock fast too, you Absolutely. know, different things that we do. You take that time that you think it's going to, to take, and then you work on it as if the deadline is at the end of it. I know you're mm-hmm. kind of faking yourself out, but then it's not. It's really not due Tuesday. It's due Thursday, and now you have two more days to do a better job if you want to. If you're happy with the three hours of work, then you're, you're finished the task. And then mm-hmm. how great do you feel from Tuesday to Thursday that it's completed? But if you need another hour of research, of due diligence, um, to think it over, to run it by another person, that's when you have that time. And now look at the quality difference. One additional insight, one additional idea, right? One more tweak to it can make it that much better. So if we procrastinate the high-quality tasks, we don't leave ourselves that time. So again, what are the tools that we use to help us make decisions? The to-do list and the calendar. Mm-hmm. If, it's a high-quality task that maybe you have to do, but you don't want to wait, then schedule it. Go to the calendar as your tool to get you to stop procrastinating the event. Now, Kristen, have you ever had this experience where you schedule something on the calendar, and then when you get to it, you just don't feel like doing it? Yeah. And then it's tough to follow through, and you don't follow through. All right, if you find yourself in that, in that dilemma... Because many of us find, right, I schedule, I'm going to write the book from 9 till noon. I mm-hmm. defend it all week long. Step two, schedule, defend it. Now I'm going to fall behind on the maintenance of my life because I'm writing the book. But then I get to 9 o'clock on Saturday, and I don't feel like writing the book that day. Have you ever mm-hmm. had that happen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's the key to success there? You have to add four steps to the process of keeping gaining your life. You schedule it. You defend it. You've, you're going to make a conscious decision to fall behind on, on maintenance because of it and play catch up with maintenance because of it. And then you're going to pay somebody to make you do it. You're going to hire somebody to make you do it. You're going, it right, this is what coaches, this is what right, mentors, this where is I what come in. athletic trainers <laughs> do for a, a living. I mean, doing Kristen, that. Yeah, t- tell me if you'd agree. What you do for a living is you help people achieve their goals and improvement. You mm-hmm. put on their calendar. They are accountable for their goals to you. Exactly. It's Think such about a big part how it. Yeah. That is. Right now, I'm playing a trick on my brain. My brain gives a higher priority to the prevent pain test, to the things that are survival, the things I owe other people get top priority with me. Mm-hmm. Well, then why don't I use that to my advantage? And I pay somebody to make me do it. 
And then I'm playing a trick. I owe this to you, but I don't owe it to you. When I look at the results I'm getting, my life is getting significantly better. See, the decision, the, 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 the two challenges with, with a coach are the amount of time it's going to take to get a coach and then the amount of money it's going to take to get a coach. Right, right. And those are two obstacles. We all face it. Oh, but I don't know if I have the money. If you achieve the goal, if you get the outcome, if your life gets better, if you get balanced, if you get excited, it's worth every dollar. You will pay double. See, your fear is you're going to pay the coach and not get the results. Then it's really expensive. If you pay the coach and every aspect of your life gets better because you're accountable for moving things forward, and then you have maintenance and improvement balanced in your life, you'll double the pay of the coach. (laughs) It is absolutely the best investment you'll ever make. And you know that. I've spoken to many of the people you coach, and they rave and they rant and they go crazy that it's the best decision they've ever made in their life. And I say, absolutely, because you're holding, you're having somebody else hold you responsible. And of course, you give lots of tips and tricks and shortcuts and insights into how to achieve those goals more effectively, more efficiently. But the real outcome, if you ask me, is you're holding people responsible for gain, for improvement, for excitement, for creating excitement. If you go too long without excitement, you end up burned out. And look at the consequences of burnout. And if that lasts too long, it ends up as a rut. And, and that's what we're going to wrap up with. We're going to have to take our final break, Steve, but we're going to talk about burnout when we return. And then we're going to have some time to take some questions. So please call in after we're finished and we'll be back in a few minutes. Take care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you ever stop to question yourself? Is there more that you could be doing in your life to help you? How can you manifest real change in the world? The answers to these and other questions about ourselves lie in sustainability from within. Featuring host Silvelli Salviato. You can take the either or and change it into both and. If you want to make real changes in yourself, your life, and your world, you can't miss one show. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. This is Intentional Living with host Kristen Swarczyk. To reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to kristen.swarczyk at gmail.com. Now, back to Intentional Living. Welcome back, everyone. I, I wanted to just give Steve a few minutes to talk about interruptions before we move on to burnout. Because I know how it feels. Um, 
you know, when you're working and you're really busy on a particular task and you're getting interrupted by calls or, or different things in your life. And, um, you know, it's just so hard to stay focused on the task. So, Steve, do you have any tips for our listeners on how to manage the interruptions we have in our lives? Yeah, and, and interruptions aren't always a bad thing, right? I mean, great things can come by way of interruption. You could be promoted by way of interruption. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think of interruptions, we always think of bad interruptions, right? The ones that don't add value to what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, we plan out the perfect day, and then the phone rings, right? And, and there goes the plan for the day. And that, that's, it, it's important to, I mean, not plan all of your time, all your available time. So my rule of thumb that I advise people is only plan half your available time. So let's say you're in appointments for four hours today. You okay. would only plan. So, so four hours, you're not in appointments. You would only plan what to do for two hours. The mm-hmm. other two hours would go to handling the tasks that pop up during the day. So okay. that's a rule of thumb. Everyone I've coached, you know, I, I work with companies like Google, Disney and Under Armour and Pfizer and, you know, these companies, it's different for each and every person. How much time do you control what it is you're doing? Okay. Right? That's an important aspect of it. So I say rule of thumb, 50% of your time. So if you have a whole day where you have no appointments, I would only plan what I'm going to do for four hours. Mm-hmm. The other four hours is going to be to handling the things that pop up. Okay, so okay. But we have our plan, and we're trying to execute the plan, and then the phone rings. How do we make sure that we keep that interruption to you know, as little time as possible without harming the relationship? And I, in, in the book, Kristen, I give, in my book, Decide, I give lots of advice on that. Um, but I think that the number one thing that is left out, and this will help a great deal, um, it doesn't solve all interruptions, but the goal is to steer the person interrupting you towards the work of the interruption. So what is the work? When somebody interrupts you, it's either a to-do, they want you to do something for them. Um, they want a piece of information. They either need to give you a piece of information or they need to receive a piece of information. Hey, I got a quick question for you or something like that. Mm-hmm. If, it's a, if they need a long amount of your time, you typically end up with an appointment on your calendar. So every interruption, right, whether it's an, an email, whether it's a, a text message, whether it's a phone call or somebody walks into your office or cubicle, the interruption falls into one of three categories. It's either a to-do, a quick exchange of information, or an appointment. Right? Okay. So it's going to fall into one of those three categories. So how do you steer the person towards the work of the interruption without harming the relationship at all? Typically yeah. what you do is you share what's being interrupted. See, the problem with interruptions when you're talking about information work is that you can't see what the person's working on. I mean, you walk by somebody in the, in the hallway at work. We don't think they're thinking about anything. We can't mm-hmm. see the work, right? We think they're whistling Dixie on their way to their next appointment or right. on their way to the restroom. What they're really thinking is, I have to get this done by 11 o'clock today. Then I have a lunch. Then I have a 2 o'clock appointment today. And I got to make sure I do these three things before I leave the building today. Ah, I cannot leave the building till those three things get accomplished. That's what they're really doing. That's what you're interrupting when you grab them in the hallway. Yeah. But you can't see that. So when you walk up to somebody's desk, what do you think they're doing? You think they're playing solitaire. See, we don't <laughs> think anybody works but us. Right. So what's left out is what's being interrupted. So, okay. have you ever, so the key, and it's helped me so much, is when you're interrupted, whatever it is you're doing, you just state what it is you're doing. So somebody interrupts you, Kristen, what, what are some of the things you might be doing during the course of a day? I could be working on some feedback to my coaching clients or uh, working on a proposal, 
Okay, wait, stop right there. Okay, you would just state that. If I were to call you and you wanted to take the call, but you didn't want the call to last too long, you'd say, um, if caller ID said it was me, you'd say, hey, Steve, um, I'm working on a proposal right now, but I saw it was you. What's up? Okay. So now I know I'm keeping you from something. Exactly. And That's it, a great lead-in. It shortens in. the length of, it, it influences a great deal the length of time of that interruption. It, have you ever called somebody in, on their cell and when they answer, they don't say hello. They just tell you what it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, and it, if I said to you, hey, Kristen, I'm in the grocery store right now and I'm putting stuff up on the belt. What's going on? Would that influence <laughs> the way you speak to me? Right, you know it's Absolutely. not a great time. If you say, hey, I'm at a hockey game right now, the second period just came to an end, and, and the third period's starting, what's going on? Right. It would influence the way you treat the conversation. Now, some mm-hmm. people say, yeah, but not the people I'm thinking of. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They're just going <laughs> to go. Well, if, if, if they keep going, then a little tip, and this has helped me a great deal, is instead of interrupting them, you interrupt yourself. In okay. the middle of what you're saying, you go, oh, I, I really got to get back to the game. I really got to get out of this. Gross- can I call you? And then you schedule the time you need to talk okay. at a time where you can be interrupted. So you continue. So you can continue on with what it is you're doing. And whether you're a CEO, w- whether you're in your personal life, being able to state exactly what's being interrupted helps a great deal. Now I have strategies for when a person says, "No, oh, I'm just stopping by to see, you know, how you're doing." And I have lots of ways of managing all those tips. But I'll tell you the big takeaways. And if you adopt it into your repertoire as to how you execute, is whenever somebody interrupts you, you state what it is that's being interrupted and then ask if you can help. And it also gives them a way to wrap up the interruption. Hey, I'll let you get back to your proposal, Chris. I'll let you get back to the the feedback from your clients. I'll I'll let you get back to the work you have to do for today. So it gives it a way of wrapping up the conversation because something was interrupted. Yeah, these are so practical and helpful. I know we can all benefit from these. So thank you, Steve. And I don't see any callers on the line yet. So now would be the time if you do have a question to give us a ring. But otherwise, I know Steve and I will have plenty of things to talk about. And um, I just want to make sure we get on to uh, the, the impact that burnout has on our relationships and on our life. So anything that you want to share here, Steve, I'd love to give you the forum. Yeah, you know, I think it's a big a big part that is missed when we talk about personal productivity, intentional living, you know, trying to achieve goals, trying to improve our lives. You know, what are the people that you're in relationships with, right? What is your, your spouse or significant other, your family, your friends, what, what are they going to think of you doing all this gain improvement stuff, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah, that's it seems gonna, selfish, you know, and yeah, I think and, we and sometimes worry about you, that. It's, sometimes you, you might think, oh, that's going to harm those relationships when it is absolutely one of the best things you can do for a relationship. So when you're burned out, does it affect your relationships? Oh, yeah, for sure. And we completely miss that. We miss that in the way that we met, and it has nothing to do with the other person. You're burned out, you have a problem in your relationship, and it has nothing to do with them. See, here's what's going on. Kristen, your life's getting better. You have a coach, you're working on your goals, and every week you have stuff scheduled, and you're starting to get excited about your life, Mm -hmm. and I'm not. And then three months passes, and your life's getting better, and mine's not. And now it's six months, and now it's a year. Mm-hmm. What emotions, I'm in a relationship with you, what emotions am I going to start to experience when your life keeps getting better and mine's not? Yeah, jealousy and um, right. disappointment. Resentment. 
Yeah. So now, wait, and now all of a sudden you say to me, hey, Steve, I'm running a marathon this weekend. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, Kristen, that's fantastic. That's, wow, a marathon, that's a big deal. Good luck. I hope right. <laughs> right. Now all of a sudden I hope uh, I'm rooting against you're making your life better. Why? Because my right. life's not getting better. See, your ego has a thirst for you mm-hmm. to be unique and special. We all have it. It is a part of all of us. And your ego wants to differentiate you. It doesn't, your ego doesn't want you to be identical to everyone else. We'll prevent pain tasks. They make us the same. We're all taking out the trash, doing the laundry, right? paying the bills, answering email, commuting to work. We're all doing the exact same prevent pain tasks. Mm-hmm, we are. What makes you different from every other person on the planet? Your game tasks, the things you do in life that you don't have to do, the things you want to do, the things when you're on offense, you're going after it and you desire it. That's what separates you from everyone else. And when we go after those things, what are we really building? We're building our self-worth, our self-esteem, and ultimately our self-identity. Our mm-hmm. self-identity, like who, who am I? What what is my identity? Your ego is asking you that all the time. And if you don't get your identity from working on your life, from learning new things, from gaining new skills, from gaining new experiences, from setting and achieving goals, if you don't get your identity from those activities, which really differentiate us, here's what happens. We We start to get our identity from how we size up against the outside world. And now right, we get and that's what leads to shame and all these negative emotions. And we start, we, we, we love to watch the news. Why? We, you know, 99.99% of everything that happens each and every day is positive. But why do we see so much negative? Because it's what, it, it triggers the survival instinct. Your mm-hmm. brain says, oh my goodness, right, survival. So now all of a sudden we, we, we had an okay day. But if you watch the news and you, you get your identity from how you size up against the outside world, now you had a fantastic day. Right. Compared right. to those people that are in the news, you had the best day of your life. I know. And, you know, one of the things that's changed my life so much is stop. It's been a year since I've watched the news. And at times, I must say, I get embarrassed because there could be something pretty big going on. And usually, you know, they find you. But it is just, you know, I have none of that negative influence in my life anymore. And I do not miss it at all. And it's truly changed my life. So such a good point about the news. We have to manage what information is coming in and Mm -hmm. how we feel about that information and be aware of how it's affecting our choices, our decisions, and our productivity. So, you know, I I don't go anywhere without listening to an audio book. If I'm going to be traveling and I have all that downtime, I mean, my car is a moving university. I am listening to something in the car all the time. Mm -hmm. If if we're, and, and each of us is different, right? But I try to consciously, intentionally bring information into my life that gets me thinking about the future. Because that's what creates balance, right? The present and the future. And it when does. we do things that get us excited about the future, we get that feeling of balance. Right. That, that's right. what creates it. And that's our job to create it. So, you know, how, how does your boss feel about you going after game tasks? How, how does your spouse, your family members, your significant other, how do the people that care about you feel about you working on this game stuff? They love it. Mm-hmm. They absolutely love it. See, one of the things the brain does is it pits your, your, your prevent pain tasks against your gain tasks. Your brain says, well, if you do prevent pain, you're not going to do gain. No, we're going to do both. We're going to do both the activities. It's not one or the other. It's let's do both. So your boss is going to be happy because you're doing everything in your job description. You're doing what you have to do. 
and you're excited about the work that you're doing, and you're excited about your job, you're excited about your life. Who doesn't want that? See, we yeah, think you're better go after, for it. Yeah. We think when people go after what they want in life, they neglect all the things they have to do. No, the things they want to do give them the energy to do all the things they have to do. And, and Steve, before, I, we only have 30 seconds left, so I want everyone to know how they can get a copy of your book if you just share that with us. And thank yeah, you so great. much. This has been great. Great, Kristen. Thanks. They, they can purchase it on Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com. Um, real easy to find. If they want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Steve McClatchy. They can certainly learn more about me on my website, alir.com, and alir is A-L-L-E-E-R.com. I, I would say that Decide is really a book about putting you in the driver's seat of your life and getting you to go after what you want in life and being in control instead of just reacting and responding to the things that find you. So true. It's one of the best books I've ever read. So thank you, Steve. It's been a great show. And You're welcome, thank you, Kristen. everyone. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, it's been great. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back here the same time next week. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining Kristen Swarczyk and Intentional Living. Please be sure to tune in again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until next week's show, continue to live on purpose.